listener production. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of That's Enough Already. It is me, Ursula Carlson, and this week I am talking to my doppelganger, Sandy Toxvik, in the UK. And now she's touring Australia and New Zealand this November. You can get tickets at bonepresents.com. I'm going to be at the Auckland show because Sandy and I are now best friends. I am her only friend in New Zealand and the rest of you can back the fuck off. She is mine. Uh, we talk about everything and I I always liked her. I thought she was a great comedian. I thought she was a great presenter. I thought she was just great at everything. But then during the lockdowns, I saw this video of her hugging people and it was just one of those feel-good videos that someone stitched together and put on socials of her hugging all her guests. And I looked at that video and it gave me the same feels as when you slowly see caramel running over vanilla ice cream. You know, that warmth that it gives you, that's what it gave me. And I thanked her for the video and she had never seen it. And I was so happy to share that with her. Anyway, we have a lot of stuff that we um, have in common. We have the same drive for justice. We're both lefties. So if if you lean more right, good luck with this episode. No, no, listen to it and send us hate mail. Because uh, we used to do that too. We addressed that in the show too. Enjoy this week's episode and go and see her on tour. You will love her. But don't be a friend. She's mine. That's quite enough. Just, just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. Shush, please. Yes, I can hear. But I don't care. That's enough already. Shut up. Oh, shush. Where are you? Where are you tonight? I am in, uh, it's early in the morning. Oh, uh, I am in a hotel in central uh, London uh, because uh, we just moved house and we haven't got any internet at the minute. Where did you move no. to? Uh, specifically the street name and number. In East Stalker, you can find me at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we moved uh, into the middle of uh, an ancient woodland. Oh, uh, wow. Where Lovely. Pretty much the only communication is between owls. Oh, wow. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Um, it's heaven. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Did you enjoy lockdowns? Did you enjoy not having See, to go anywhere? See, that's a very bad thing to say that you did. But yes, because uh, I am uh, very happily married to Debbie, and we've been married for sixteen years, yeah. and we never Lockdown. get enough time together. So, yeah. f- for once in my life, I wasn't racing off to, I don't know, give the aluminium replacement window awards uh, <laughs> or whatever else. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I hosted that two years ago. Lovely guys. Lovely people. Very, very interesting guys. Uh, Shout out to Brett for winning. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the prize for Tina's window goes to... uh, I once gave out the the dental awards and the the award itself was shaped like a molar. It was the ugliest thing I've ever seen. It was a sort of glass molar. Anyway, there was a lot of them on a table... And a very old man got up to receive his award. It was only award number two. Fell oh. forward on the table and managed to break every single one of these glass <laughs> molars. Pleasingly, award number three was for a dental fixative. So oh. we were able to do many jokes as I pieced together pieces of molar to return. Oh anyway, in answer to your question about lockdown, I didn't have to do any of that. Um, and... Uh, we, we liked being together. We still like each other, even after lockdown. So that's good. You know, the same thing, like you're not supposed to enjoy it. And I know a lot of people struggle through it. But I, because yeah. my kids are really little, I got to potty train, you know, with boys. It's, it's harder, I think. Well, it was harder with my boy because he kept pissing in pot plants. <laughs> 
I have two girls and a boy. Could I get my boy to understand that mainly you want to pee somewhere, you know, containable? That yeah. that was just beyond him. Uh, the girls, no problem at all. My boy, I mean, he's 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 got the hang of it now. He's twenty seven, but it's taken a while. It's like a little sprinkler system wherever he goes. It's like you can follow mm-hmm. him through a forest just by the or this piss around this tree. I guess he was here. He's just got a fascination with pissing in a pot plant. If they could make a toilet. Look like a pot plant. Maybe that's where you want to put a fern in the toilet. Oh, God. You see, this is why you're successful and I'm still trying to clamber my way up. (laughs) Now, Sandy, you're coming to Australia, New Zealand on tour. What can people expect? What are you doing? What is the show about? Uh, Well, I've come to have a conversation is the main thing. So I did a series of talks during lockdown, just in case people felt a bit bored. Uh, And I did them every day. They were called Vox Talks uh, on YouTube. And lots of people, uh, I don't really do social media, so I don't really engage with it. But lots of people wrote uh, on the the YouTube page saying, please come and see us from Australia and New Zealand. And I thought, actually, as soon as I've got an opportunity, I am going to do that. Um, So I'm touring to places I've never been to before. But a lot of the show is me asking questions and the audience telling me, and then we riff off that. Amazing. Um, But but, uh, I will also... um, uh, be telling you facts. I will uh, tell you, uh, for example, about a surgeon who had a 300% death rate on operating on one person. And how that happened is an extraordinary <laughs> story. Um, uh, I will tell you the story of the man who uh, attached uh, helium balloons to his lawn chair uh, because he wanted to hover above his garden and, in fact, drifted into Los Angeles International Airspace uh, <laughs> by mistake. Uh, so there's lots of uh, stories, but mainly I, I like it when the audience tell me there's a, there'll be a quiz to see how much you do or you don't know. We'll find who's the yeah. cleverest person in the room. Um, it's just a it's just a chance to have two hours of laughter and conversation. Can I just say because um, I know you're not on Instagram because during the lockdowns there was a video going round of you. Um, mm. And the whole, it's, it's like a reel on Instagram. It just says, we're going through a time now when we can't hug our friends. Let's all enjoy this sandy clip of you hugging all your guests. <laughs> Did not know that. Over a period of time. And it's just people coming and you're just hugging. I didn't know that. Um, I do. I'm a hugger. I'm a hugger. I hug uh, all my guests. And that was the, we did two series of QI uh, without an audience, and I wasn't allowed to touch the guests. And honestly, that's that's not that's not okay. That's the bit that was just awful. I hated that. I love to hug my guests when they turn up, and uh, and it's become it's become a thing. I have to say, um, and weirdly, people hug me in the street now. So maybe it's from that video. I didn't even know about the video. When so. you watch it, you, it's like you know in that movie Love Actually when they hug each other at the airport, and you just kind of mm. get that feeling. You go, oh yeah, I know exactly what they're going through. That's what that video does, and it's just you oh. hugging all these people. So it's very. But can we do with more of that in life? Honestly, yeah. that's just yeah, that's just. It's just so good for you and it's so non-threatening and just lovely and I yeah it's there's nothing quite like a hug I think. Yeah, 100%. I reckon more of it. Like I'm I'm a big hugger too. I I do struggle with the people in the street hugging me. I get people in the supermarket you go I just want to know if the mince is on special but yeah, yeah. we can have a quick hug. Uh, it's a bit weird, but, you know, I'll go home smelling like you and have to explain myself. But, no, this is good. This is good. I was shopping with my son when he was about six and some elderly woman came up to me in the shop and gave me a big hug. 
And my son went, who was that? I said, I have no idea, darling. And, it was, and he always remembers it as this sort of weird thing that his mother, whenever she went shopping, people came up and just gave her a home. Okay. Yeah, my kids are at the age now and it's really hard to explain to them stranger danger and don't talk to strangers. Whenever we go out, people come up and talk to me and I talk to them and when they leave, my son goes, who was that? And I go, I don't know. No, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Now, the Queen died. Oh, uh, wait a minute. That's a terrible way oh, to break that news to oh, me. Oh, I am so sorry if this is the first time you've heard of it. I've actually yeah. thought, like, how did you find out? Who told you? Did you read it yourself? Uh, no. So, weirdly, I was uh, filming and a friend of mine uh, was part of the broadcast team for, I think they called it um, London Bridges Falling Down, I think it was called. Um, they had a sort of code name for it. Yeah. And so the, the people that were part of the broadcast team were told long before the public. Yeah. And uh, all I got from her was a, a picture of London Bridge uh, oh. on my phone. So I knew probably two, three hours before it was announced. Wow. Um, so she was just letting me know because they had they were immediately into the studio. Uh, it was something that had been prepared for a very long time. It was a very yeah. big broadcast machine that had to be put together and she was part of that process. When something big, like I remember uh, when Princess Diana died, I was still, you know, going through my am I straight, am I not days. And my boyfriend at the time came in and told me. And again, I wish I could have that moment back where he didn't tell me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What I'm going to tell people now from now on is that you told me. That's what I'm going to That'll be awesome. Yeah. You told me on a podcast. You were busy moving. You didn't have time. I was very busy moving. I hadn't heard the Queen had died and now you've told me. I feel, and I was sitting down at the time having a coffee. It was fine. I didn't post anything because even when I got my citizenship, because I'm originally from South Africa. Okay. And my great-grandparents used to tell me about the Buddha War and the concentration camps and how they were in there as kids. There's a remarkable woman called Emily Hobhouse who I just recommend everybody to have a look at. This is a yes. kind of heroine for us all who who was so horrified that this was being done in the name of the king and in the name of the British people um, that she went out and visited the concentration camps herself and came back and would just interrupt public meetings and, and make sure that people... I think she became known as that terrible woman. Um, and she's just a remarkable heroine who who brought it to the attention of the British press, of the British people, and ultimately to the king and the government, um, how awful things were how and what a disgraceful thing was being done in the name of the empire. So she's one of my... One of my great heroines. So Hillary Clinton wasn't the first woman to be called that. No, I think anybody, any woman who stands up and says, excuse me, this is not what we should be doing, that immediately yeah. you become a terrible woman. For all I know, you're a terrible woman. That I am be. a terrible woman, but it's got nothing to do with what I say in public. <laughs> no, I do, because because I I am very opinionated on Twitter. You know, I'm so left, I'm, I'm nearly a complete circle. So um, I'm very opinionated about politics and about, you know, so uh, you. I, I do get a lot of, oh, I've had the occasional death threat. There's nothing I enjoy more. Bring it on. Yeah, well, most of my death threats were before social media, but I do remember one. I got. I used to work for a radio station. I used to do a daily show on a radio station. And a woman had written a handwritten letter in uh, detailing what she was going to do. It was quite horrific what she'd come up with. Oh, wow. Anyway, she'd also uh, written in to another show to um, to win a pen in a competition. <laughs> We, we were able you, to compare the two you, letters. Well, she probably writes a lot of those angry letters and runs out of ink quite often. Yeah. Anyway, she got arrested, so that was good. It warms your heart when you get one arrested. You go, hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah that's that. one off the streets. 
Yes, yeah. oh, I'm doing a huge favour, and and hopefully they won't do that again. When because you you got a lot of shit when you came out uh, in '94, and people there was a massive backlash about that. Um, so number one, thank you, because there was nothing. Like when people found out. I mean, someone said to me actually last week. They think that I'm. Um, straight and that it's just an act. I've made up a husband, Graham, and I've got four children with Graham. So when they go, you're not really gay, are you? I go, no, Graham and the four no. kids are at home right now and, you know, yeah. so because I reckon I'd be married to a Graham. <laughs> no, you and I are both liars. I would say, I, I want to get it tattooed on my on my tits. I was a lesbian before it was cool. <laughs> well, 1994, <laughs> I have to tell you, 1994 was not cool. It was not cool at all. So you come out, you've already had death threats, and now you yeah. go, fuck it, I'll go into politics and see how that goes. I know, goes, right? How that goes. Yeah. yeah. But, it's almost like you want it. I've got this obsession. Uh, you know, people, like, some people collect thimbles, some people collect, you know, little figurines and stuff. I'm mad about justice. I'm completely crazy for justice. <laughs> I just think it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so anywhere I can find a little corner, a little justice knick-knack, yeah. um, that is my thing. It won't be in my great-grandchildren's lifetime that women will achieve equality. Um, and uh, domestic violence is up worldwide 30%. Wow. Uh, so um, there's just so much to do. It makes me so angry. Mm. Um, and the, the only thing you can do is to keep saying, right, well, let's keep fighting and let's keep going. So the Women's Equality Party, we're in our seventh year. We're still here. We are making a difference. We've made a huge difference to policy because we keep going. We've costed this. We've worked out you could do this. It won't cost you any more money, but it would be a really good thing to do. We have made yeah. so many wonderful changes. It's good. I'm 64. I'm still... Really angry. That's I good. That's, that's going to keep you alive. That's going to keep know, you alive, Sandy. You're going to outlive the Queen one day. Like you're going to be in your hundreds, going, "Where the fuck is our yeah. rights?" Yes, that's going to keep you going. I tell you. Yeah, well, I tell you a great story though. So yeah. I've got a friend of mine, and she's a wonderful human rights lawyer called Helena Kennedy. So she phones me uh, late one night, and she said, "Darling, do you know the Prime Minister of Iceland?" This is literally this is the opening thing, and I said well, uh, I don't know the current Prime Minister of Iceland, I know the ex-Prime Minister of Iceland. She said, could you call her? I said, what, right now? And uh, she said, yes. I, I said, what, what? She said, I need to get 400 women judges and prosecutors out of Afghanistan immediately. The Taliban were about to take over. Yeah. So I did phone the ex-Prime Minister of Iceland. She phoned the current Prime Minister of Iceland. We needed countries that would take these women. Yeah. She phoned the current Prime Minister and they immediately said they would take some women. I then phoned another friend of mine who knows the German... Uh, I can't remember which minister it was, but it was a woman minister. And they took some people. Um, uh, Helena then phoned um, the Greek president, who's a woman who she happens to know. And we all knew people to ring. And a whole bunch of women late at night got, got it arranged to get 400 women judges and prosecutors out from Afghanistan. Well, and I just thought if women ran, those women, those kind of women, if they ran the world, they just yeah. go... Yeah, that's just, we need to get this done and let's do it now. It won't wait till the morning. It has to happen yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, because one of the first things that happened was that the Taliban released lots of prisoners and the prisoners went wow. after any woman judge or prosecutor who had been responsible for their incarceration. Wow. Um, and the women had to get out uh, immediately. And I just thought, this is a phenomenal, I wish I'd had like a photo of, of all these phone calls all over the world of women yeah. going, who do I know? I'm just going to. 
Like I'm a little gonna, digital, someone needs know. to digitise that and go, you phoning that, 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 yeah. that. When they make a movie about your life, that's going to be the thing. I just hope one day I get the call and go, can you phone someone? Can you phone a minister? And I'll phone a minister. Yeah. I want to be able to get a call like that. Even now, you see all that shit going on in Iran? I have never felt the urge to shave my head like you know you do all these yeah. fundraisers like for cancer we're going to shave our heads we're going to shave us today i was watching the news in tears thinking i want to go online right now and shave my fucking head for the stuff going on in iran sandy you need to you need to join instagram you and i are going to go live and shave our heads <laughs> <laughs> do do that because i don't do social media at all uh yeah. do those things make a difference do you think that that is yeah. the sort of thing that actually has an impact it does, 100%. It's the same thing as what you did during lockdowns, you know, um, on YouTube. Like, and I did the same. Heaps of people went on Insta. I started a TikTok account and I did documentaries. And then we were just for months and months and months just trapped in our homes. And it was. It was like a little community where everyone just got together. Even for Mother's Day, I got a few friends together like me, Lucy Lawless, um, you know, some um, sports people, um, Jacinda Ardern, and we just passed chocolate sort of from video to video. We were all struggling, you know, we were all gaining weight and drinking kombucha, which we normally wouldn't do, and baking. I was baking. I was like a 1950s housewife. I was baking every day and avoiding dick at all costs. So, you know, I was basically my grandma. (laughs) But if we could use it to help make change, that... You know, yeah. that would be amazing. All right, let me ask you. Um, okay, first, before before I ask you, let me just tell you this. When you go to Australia and New Zealand, um, and I'm sure you've been plenty of times, but I just want you to know we haven't been around people a lot, so they're going to try and force all these weird lollies and shit down your neck when you're here. Oh, try these pineapple lumps. Don't take it. All these okay. things that they always try and get the foreign people to eat is shit. And when I got here, so it's like, oh, you have to try this. No, I don't. Uh, none of the things I've tried that they've insisted that I try has been delicious. I was filming in the Arctic with a group of Norwegian hunters and they killed a ptarmigan. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a ptarmigan. It's a really fat bird that can't get away. It's like, oh. it's basically a couch potato bird that doesn't really want to fly. Catching it, yeah. I thought, wasn't a big deal. Anyway, yeah. they said, we're going to cook it in the wild. This is a great honour. Uh, and uh, we, they took the heart out of this bird and it was still warm. And they said, what we do is we put it in some vodka and we give it to a guest. It's an enormous honour, right? So I'm thinking, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this at all. I didn't like watching the bird die. I didn't like anything about what was happening. I would yeah. rather go to a fast food place. I really was not happy about what was yeah. happening. Anyway, I drank the vodka and I managed to swallow down the heart and they pissed themselves laughing. Just saying they were just kidding. Or Wow. Yeah. Okay, no, have yeah. the pineapple lumps. We're not, we're not weird like it's that. It's not so bad. Yeah. It's not no, so it's bad. It's not right? that bad. I take it all back. No. You've lo- okay, Yeah, fine. no, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I weirdly feel really related to that bird. I'm going to look it up. All yeah. right. What is the one thing that shits you about other people? The one thing that you go, I cannot cope with the shit from other people. Okay, so I, I'm pretty good about being calm with other people because, you know, professionally you, you have to do... Uh, I would like to kill the person who who invented the idea that dishwashers and washing machines beep to tell you they're finished. Yeah. I, it just drives me... So the dishwasher goes... I finished, I finished, open the door. I don't, I don't care. I don't care that you're finished. I just, I'm not interested. And then the washing machine starts and then the oven does some beep thing. So somebody somewhere invented that and I 
And I'm really a pacifist, but I would kill them. I will hold him down for you. Thank you. Three o'clock this morning, because I, I got home late. I took the kids away for the weekend, got home late. Then I ran the dishwasher, forgetting that that thing is an evil piece of shit. Three o'clock yes. this morning. Beep, 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 beep. And... I thought it was the fire alarm. I was ready to fire escape with the kids and do a dive roll yeah. out the front door. And then I realized it's just the dishes that's done. Yeah. But who cares? Mm. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And also, yeah. Um, I've become deaf to the washing machine. I don't give a shit no. that it's finished. Thank you. I've rammed everything I owned in there. Everything's in one load. Who gives a shit? I'm not yes. trying to wait for the second. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll get to you when I've got time. Some bloke invented that. 100%. Yeah. yeah, he could have been working as some scientist who could have been working on breast cancer, a cure for breast cancer. Thank you. Or a cure yeah. for saggy titties. Yeah. Like the same guy who worked on Viagra came up with that, that yeah. concept. Or for inventing a mammogram machine that doesn't involve oh. killing you yeah, yeah. Squashing in your the process. And, yeah, or at least yeah. make it lower so you don't have to be on yeah. your tippy toes and get your tits yeah. squashed. What is that about? Why can't you lie on a bed and put it in How a cup? You can't lie it flat on a thing. Yes. I would rather just walk in and they go, just slam your tits on that table and lie forward yeah. and slam my tits yeah. on the table. But no, you be, have to be on your tippy toes and then <laughs> get your tits in this vice and then they go, if you could just stand on your toes, you go, bitch, my toes have not touched the floor in five minutes. I've been hanging here by I'm my I'm hanging tip. by my tits <laughs> yeah, at the moment. Yeah. yeah. A bed with a cup in it that you put them in, that, you know. Yeah. But until, yeah. until they investigate men for prostate cancer with nutcrackers, I yeah. think we're not going to get any change on the mammogram machine. No, we're not. We're not. All right. What is the one thing about you that shits you to death? About myself, uh, I, I, need to st- I need to stop saying yes to things. <laughs> I, I, well, I'm, I'm glad always... not to die. <laughs> oh, God. I No, I, somebody goes, oh, there's this bad thing in the world, and I immediately go, wait, we could fix this by, you know. Oh. Uh, and uh, so my wife and I have a new arrangement, which is I'm not allowed to have a new idea till she's had a cup of tea in the morning. Oh, that's a good idea. You need a filtration system. Like I filter everything through my manager. Like I say to everyone, because I can't say no. Anyone says something to me, I go, that sounds amazing. We should go slaughter pigs this weekend. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Why don't yeah. you email my manager and she'll sort it out. And that is code for I'm never fucking doing that. I did for a while invent a PA who was very strict and I really enjoyed having her. I made her up completely. And then I did a very bad thing, which is somebody emailed to say, it'd be much easier if we spoke on the phone. And I found myself writing back saying, unfortunately, I can't use the phone because of my hearing impairment. And I realised I'd gone too far with my invention of this person. So I killed her. Dang it. So now not only is she deaf, she's dead (laughs) too. Yeah, I know. I'm really sorry she passed away and I haven't replaced her because she was amazing. (laughs) We've got the memorial service next Saturday. (laughs) It really got out of hand. You're a sick, sick person, Sandy. (laughs) I know. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. The supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Beck Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, gals. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know, but definitely share it with a friend. 